This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Part of the reason why I do want to buy Justin Herbert here um, is because, number one, he's been underproducing, right? Yeah. I think he's been the QB 17 over the last four weeks. And then on top of that, he's getting Keenan Allen back. That's his guy. He's going to have his full, you know, arsenal of weapons available to him. Mike Evans is healthy. Keenan Allen is going to be healthy. Austin Eckler is going to be healthy. He's going to have all his guys. Um, and that's and that's how this offense is going to look and look better than this. This offense looked absolutely terrible, right? And just the, the, the decision-making, all of it did not look great this past week. Obviously, they were going up, up against a tough defense. But, you know, we know the... We know what this offense is capable of. We know what Justin Herbert's capable of. You're buying a stud on the cheap, um, and he's going to get his weapons back. And uh, if you need a quarterback and you're kind of struggling, looking at low-end quarterbacks here and there, I don't want to send a stud skill player for Justin Herbert, okay, in a one-quarterback no. league. I don't want to do that. But what I will do is, you know, I'll send one of my low-end guys, you know, maybe a, maybe a elite handcuff for Justin Herbert plus – a wide receiver three, something like that, you know, uh, or maybe a wide receiver two, low end wide receiver two for Justin Herbert. If I'm loaded at wide receiver, something like that, like nothing too crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh, even if you're loaded at the position, it doesn't matter. Um, don't send those high end assets for a quarterback in a single quarterback league. Uh, but you know, or what you can do is like maybe grab one of your, uh, lower end quarterbacks, add a skill player to it. Like maybe a wide receiver three, something like that. Um, some sort of flex play who, you know, w- w- you know, and that, that team that you're trading to, whoever has Justin Herbert can potentially use that in their flex and also take a little bit of a downgrade to their quarterback. That's, that's how I would play this uh, whenever trading for a quarterback. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense with Justin Herbert. You know, I was a big Justin Herbert guy coming into the season. I only got him in one league and it just happens to be the league that we're in. And he really, you know, screwed me last week, but before that, you know, he's been a very serviceable starter and he's actually had, he had two good weeks to open the season. Um, he hasn't really gotten back to that. I think a lot of that has to do, like you said, with Keenan Allen being out. Uh, I like Justin Herbert as a talent. I see the way he throws the ball. He's still very good. You know, he was a little banged up, too, after that Chiefs game where he just got hammered all, all game, you know, <laughs> and then he threw that one dart. Well, he's in, it was just crazy. But um, I, he's had a couple different factors in influencing the way he's been performing. Um, I think he's as healthy as he's been this season, heading into a good matchup with Seattle this week. So I, I I would buy, you know, right now, especially if Seattle, if the Seattle game goes, as we've seen Seattle games go um, recently this season, between the Seahawks game with the Saints, the Seahawks game with the Lions, it's been high scoring. The Seahawks games have either been high scoring or low scoring, as we saw with the Cardinals game last week. 
nine to nineteen was the final score. I, I I like Justin Herbert to torch the Seahawks defense. Um, I think this could be his you know true breakout game for the season. I think so. Uh, just keep in mind, I think the Chargers have have a bye. If I'm not mistaken, do you have that pulled up? Um, yeah. So the bye is in week eight. Okay, and it's right Seattle after this week. week seven. Yes. Okay, just just keep that in mind when you're trading for Herbert. Just have a backup option ready for week eight. Uh, but either yeah. way, I think this is a good buy. Buy him now. Um, and maybe you sell, give a quarterback up who already had their buy. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Moving on now, I, I just want to rattle off a few names uh, who you could buy. Like we we don't have to go in detail unless you have anything specific to talk about, Zach. Among these guys, like I would still buy these guys. You know, number one, you know Kenneth Walker. Like you know mm-hmm. he had a good game last week. It wasn't an explosion, but he's capable of that. He showed the talent there, right? So if 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 we're not if the perception of Kenneth Walker still isn't, you know, low end RB one, borderline RB one, where it should be, and he's just like an RB two in some people's minds, I would try to trade for him right now before he ends up blowing the fuck up. Okay, yeah, that's number one. Number two, uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett down weeks for that entire Seattle offense. I would try to buy into that offense now if I can. I think DK Metcalf is top ten. We were just looking at that today, Zach. DK Metcalf is top 10 in wide receiver weighted opportunity on right. that on an offense that's good. That means good things. Yeah. Uh, Joe, Joe Mixon was on our buy list last week, and you know he, he came through with a touchdown. He didn't get all the touches this week, but that offense is starting to click a little bit. So I would buy Joe Mixon as somebody who is getting a ton of touches. Chris Olave, um, you know, he's coming off the concussion right now. You know, listen, like it doesn't matter who their quarterback is. It doesn't matter who's on the field. Chris Olave is going to get it done. If you're looking for a, a, a wide receiver who has been getting it done for the most part but has a higher ceiling, Chris Olave has that, and he could potentially blow up second half of the year. Yeah. T. Higgins, somebody that I am looking into right now, like <laughs> trading for right now because he's had a couple down weeks, you know, and I think most people aren't viewing him as a top 15 wide receiver. Um, as you know, especially considering the type of questions that I've been getting around him, obviously he was banged up going into last week, so that played a role. But T Higgins is somebody I'm looking into for sure. Travis Etienne, right? His role is only going to increase. Like he we, he hasn't seen a huge increase over the last two weeks, but you know it's very incremental. His talent is just leaping off the page. He's going to get more touches soon, hopefully. I trust Doug Peterson to do that because Doug Peterson is a smart guy. So hopefully he ends up getting ETN his touches. Christian Kirk, CD Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Justin Herbert. I already talked about Justin Herbert, DeAndre Swift, and Damian Pierce. Just a few guys I'm looking to buy. Any of those names pop off, Zach? Like, are you do you have any input to any of these those guys that I just mentioned? So three receivers in particular to me: DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, and CD Lamb. Um, just because they've been massive you know, target demanders, you know, they get a bunch of targets. Um, DK Metcalf, because more, he had a rough week last week, but the Seahawks offense still, you know, that I think that performance on Sunday against the Cardinals is enough to make people think that, okay, maybe the Seahawks offense isn't that good. And that maybe they will be more willing to part ways with DK Metcalf because of that. Um, I think that the Seahawks offense is going to be um, more like we've seen it in its high scoring games and it's low scoring games this season, especially with Kenneth Walker there. He's a very good running back. Um, they still have all their pieces. I don't think there's any problem with that. Chris Olave, I was actually making a few moves, and I'm really close to getting him in one league. Um, I want Chris Olave because, like you said, of that upside, and I don't think that people are, um, you know, as in touch with the value that he has just yet. Once he has one more breakout game, one more explosive game, people are going to be valuing him a lot higher. 
And then for C.D. Lamb, you know, I think we we talked about it. We showed it. We we have it somewhere that he's highest in weight, weighted opportunity. And yep. he's getting Dak Prescott back. And we're going to see how Dak Prescott looks. But he was getting it done for at least in a you know serviceable fashion with Cooper Rush, a quarterback. I think that with Dak Prescott, this could really, you know, be a huge second half of the season for C.D. Lamb, especially starting with the matchup against Detroit this week. I agree, man, for sure. All right, let's get into some cells. And you know, of course, I'm going to have to start with Gabe Davis, right? I, this I think one hurts you saw me the, a little bit. You, you saw this coming, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I, another big play day for Gabe Davis, right? That makes two in a row for him, yep. which is great. But Pittsburgh and Kansas City, those were two great matchups for him. But he's still only at 16% target share over these yeah. last two weeks. You know, there were, remember, don't forget, couple weeks ago you were like yo what do i do with this guy Mm -hmm. i would take advantage right now and try to sell him okay because you might be asking the same question in two weeks all right he's gonna have this blow up weeks as we've been talking about right we've been talking about potentially holding on to him because just keep him in your lineup every single week and if if you have him you can't move him and you don't or you don't want to move him of course keep him in your lineup every week embrace the volatility however right if you could take advantage of these two weeks you know kind of What's the selling point, right? Here, here are the selling points for Gabe Davis. Like, hey, man, great two weeks. You know, he's going to kill it for you. Josh Allen, great offense, right? You don't mention target share, right? Yeah. But what you will mention is the fact that, hey, like, remember th- those past couple weeks before these two weeks, he wasn't healthy, right? Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't practicing in full. So that's why he wasn't doing his thing. That would be the sales pitch for me. Yeah. I personally don't care about that. <laughs> but <laughs> to somebody else, I think that can make a lot of sense. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I would be selling him, you know, in that fashion. Um, I, I could see, you know, Gabe Davis having, you know, a handful of big games again. But um, at the end of the day, like, I, I don't want to rely on a sub, you know, 18% target share, yeah. you know, to get it done and these big plays to get it done. It's not sustainable. So I would try to sell high on Gabe Davis when I can. Yeah. I, I hear where you're coming from. The biggest gripe is that we've been talking about this whole season, his target share. He just doesn't get that many targets. And when he does get his targets, you know, he's doing very well with them, but he's going to be very dependent on big plays. And we know big plays, it's kind of his specialty. I think we're past the point where it's like, okay, it's a fluke. Now, Gabe Davis is just good at making big plays. Um, I think that selling him high would be a good idea if you're a team that's two and four, you know, maybe three and three even and you don't have the margin for error to have him put up four-point weeks. You know, That's a he might point. He might have the upside to win you your weeks, but if you're sitting at two and four, one and five, you no longer have the margin of error for that type of week from him. You might want to move him for a more consistent fantasy asset, and it doesn't have to be somebody that doesn't have as high of a ceiling, but somebody that's going to get it done more for your week in and week out to help you make that push. Because he might have one big game in the next four weeks, but say – you lose the next three three out of the four weeks because he puts up two or three points a game, you know. So that that's why I look at it. It all comes down to how uh, your team has been doing. I think if you're a team that's doing really well, say you're four and two, five and one, even undefeated, I would maybe move for Gabe Davis, you know, because now you have you have that wiggle room where if he's going to win you some weeks single handedly, you know, you have that margin for error. That's the way I look at Gabe Davis, and it's like a re- really tough. He's like a puzzle piece, you know, and he might not be fitting in some teams puzzles anymore but he might fit better in other teams puzzle I, I think that you can sell him if you're in trouble 
but I would I would hold on to him if you have him if you're in the middle of the ground, and I'd look to buy if you're um, a, a good team right now. I think that's that's a really really great nuanced point of point that you just made because you're basically talking about roster construction, yeah. right? And you're you're saying like, okay, well, listen, if I have a bunch of studs, and if I have guys who are going to get it done for me regardless, Gabe Davis in my flex is going to win me weeks. Yeah. Right. Um, and if he doesn't go off, I still have a ch- good chance of winning. So if he's that piece that's going to put you over the edge, potentially, I can see you keeping him and wanting him because he could put you over the edge when it comes down to it. So that's a great point. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's move on to Ramondre Stevenson. And this might be a surprise for some people because everyone knows how high I am. Yeah. On Ramondre Stevenson, we know how high I've been on Ramondre Stevenson coming into the year. Um, I have him on almost every team. But right now, I'm going to use him as a trade piece to get like a high-end season-long asset because I think the view on Ramondre overall for the rest of the season is a little higher than it should be. Um, and yeah. I think when Damian Harris comes back, even though Ramondre might be the better running back at this point, he will likely revert to a low-end RB2. You know, he's going to have his RB2 weeks. He's going to have some good weeks because if he scores a touchdown, you know, and he gets 15 touches, he's going to end up, you know, being a top 15 running back. Um, But Damian Harris likely still going to get the first crack, you know, know, with those goal line carries. I would assume so. That's what they've been doing uh, with these two backs when Damian Harris is healthy. And I would assume that continues. Now, is there a possibility that Ramondre moves into the 1A role? I think there is a possibility there. So, yes, you will be risking a little bit by giving up Ramondre here because he has looked good. He is the guy in the in the passing game. When Damian Harris comes back, he's going to be the guy on third downs, in two-minute situations, in other passing situations on the field. Um, but as Damian Harris calling, you know, Damian Harris is calling and he's basically saying like, yo, like I'm coming back. Click. Right? <laughs> um, so, I, I do think that there's going to be a, a time where you're like, all right, well, maybe I should have taken advantage of that window, you know, where Ramondre Stevenson is, you know, or, or Ramondre Stevenson was doing his thing and killing it. You know what I mean? I don't, this thing is ringing like six times Zach, off the hook. Zach, Zach is so, uh, like, how? Zach it's has, still ringing. I don't understand. Well, but, it's um, Damian Harris. Damian Harris is calling. Yeah. You know, he's going to be back soon. Uh, he might not be back this week. I think Damian Harris is going to be back. I would assume that he'll be out this week and he'll be back the following week. That's my assumption. Yeah. No, I, I like Ramondre Stevenson, definitely. You know, I can't believe this thing's so wrong. Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, I, I can't believe it. It's never wrong that many times. Anyway, Ramondre Stevenson, like you're it saying, be, I do. It might, be, it might be important. Is, is, yeah. is the phone in that room? It is. It's in this room. Yeah. You should no. pick up. I, I want to go and plug it. That's what I'm going to go do. That's what I'm going to do. You know, from now on, you're never going to hear it again, ever. But anyway, with Ramondre Stevenson, what I was going to say. I, I can just whole... imagine you, like, at, like as soon as like we're done with this conversation, you just run over to that thing. That's what you're I'm going like, to gra- do. You grab the hook and like, bang, bang. Nope, just... Nobody uses that phone anymore. But with, <laughs> with Ramondre Stevenson, you talk about it. I'm going to harken back to what you said um, a couple of days ago. You know, when have we seen Ramondre Stevenson or when have we seen Bill Belichick give a running back 85% of the snaps, you know, touches. It, it doesn't happen. So once Damian Harris comes back, you're right. Ramondre Stevenson is going to have his workload cut into. I think it's going to go back. Like you said, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be RB2 with, 
I think upside, you know. I do think that he is already the RB1, the 1A in the backfield. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, I who would you rather trade for? Ascended. So I think there's two things, right? Who would you, I'm, I'm sorry, who would you rather start when both are healthy is Ramondre because yeah. he gets the passing down work. But is he like the 1A in the backfield in terms of like the number one guy getting carries, right? And then number two, is he going to be the guy getting the goal line carries, right? That's right. kind of like the the only difference, okay. basically. So maybe the discrepancy for me would be the fantasy 1A. Because yes. we talk about weighted opportunity, you know, exactly. targets being worth more than touches on the ground. I think he's the fantasy 1A, definitely. Maybe not in terms of, you know, his overall role in the offense, just talking about NFL level, but he's the fantasy 1A. I, I think that you could sell him, especially after that really good week, because people are, like, vindicated. You know, maybe there's someone in your league that wanted to get Ramondre Stevenson, you know, and he, they see him put up this awesome performance. And now they're like, oh, you know, I want to buy him. And he's like, well, you can have him. You know, you, you can go trade for him and do that. Give him away now. And then if he reverts back to form, you know, it, 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 he's not on your team anymore. So you're good. And similar to the Jeff Wilson situation that we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we, told him, when we told you to sell him when he was doing okay. Yeah. Um, you know, he was an RB2. And he started to not do his thing like sooner than we thought, right? And this is not yeah. the same situation situation with Ramondre, but it's like a similar type of situation because Ramondre is more talented. He's going to be the guy on the pa- on passing downs. They the Patriots really really depend on the running backs. Um, you know, with with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, like the maximum number of carries you're going to see out of that team is like 25. But with yeah. the Patriots, like both running backs can combine for like 35. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. 40, right? Like the, right. if they're really up in the game, they'll like pound the rock like 20 times each. They don't care. Um, so yeah, I, I would take advantage of you know, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be like a top five running back play this week if Damian Harris is out, but I feel like you can get, you know, some good value. Now uh, I, I saw this, this pop up in, in the, in the chat here. Do I sell Diogo is asking, uh, do I sell Ramondre to get ETN? Um, I, I like that, but here's my, Here's my issue. As of right now, Ramondre is obviously the start. You want to start him over ETN. So this week you're going to start him over ETN. When Damian Harris is when Damian Harris comes back, I think these two are going to be ranked pretty similarly, right? And what you're going to be trading for is the the allure of ETN taking over that backfield in Jacksonville. And mm-hmm. there's a chance that it never happens. I, I'm still buying ETN. But Ramondre is going to be a low-end RB2 to mid-RB2, and so is ETN. ETN is going to stay a low-end RB2 unless his workload goes up. I would assume that it does, right? And you're kind yeah. of hoping that it does. Um, but, you know, both these have similar value as of right now, If Damian, assuming Damian Harris is back. Is that is this a, like this isn't the type of deal that I'm looking for. I'm what I'm looking to do is I'm trying to get a high end asset with Ramondre right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not trying to make a, a, a lateral move like this. I'm trying to get Ramondre plus another season long asset to get, you know, an Amara St. Brown, right? To yeah. get a Joe Mixon, to get th- a Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, th- I think in this deal, you're kind of selling Ramondre's value short, you know, at the yeah. end. You can, I, easily, I you can easily get this trade done. It's not to say that, you know, it's it's not going to be disrespectful. You might be paying a little bit more with Ramondre than you're getting back with ETM, but it's not that bad where it's okay if you do this, but I think you're selling it short with Ramondre. You can package yeah. him up with another player and go shoot much higher, I think, than that's just how ETN. I feel. 
because you you talked about it, you know, ETN and Stevenson are like in very similar situations in terms of their workload and their production is going to kind of mirror each other. And in two weeks, you know, even if Ramondre's workload comes back down to earth with Damian Harris coming back, they're still going to be at the same level. You know, I think you could still get this trade done two weeks from now. And I think that's what you're talking about. So, yes, yep. I, I agree. You're selling him short by doing it just for ETN right now. I, I wouldn't do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. 